Mobile Rolling, presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound, making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. As like a wildfire goes up to make a race of it with Triple Eight as they hit off the back straight and they sprint away. They win 26-2 the third quarter. It's Triple Eight and like a wildfire running a big race on the outside. They've put 15 metres on the others. End of the straight like a wildfire as now just shading Triple Eight. What's the favourite got to give? Like a wildfire on the outsides at the front now. And with the flame burning brightly, it's like a wildfire's got the measure of Triple Eight and like a wildfire. How's that for a win? Like a wildfire came away and beat Triple Eight easily. Yeah, it could make an excuse in the world for the second horse, which started short there, Triple Eight. But it's all about the winner, Chris. Good morning. Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Uh, yeah, like a wildfire causing a little bit of an upset there, taking the Italian Cup on Saturday night at Melton, downing the favourite who was shooting for three straight wins this campaign, Triple Eight. As we know, Lara J Farms are bound for Brisbane. Triple Eight, better eclipse. He's been invited uh, for the rising sun, accepted for that big feature coming up as well. And maybe there's a possibility that moments like these who won the Queensland Oaks last year could be headed back, and she might tackle a race like the Group 1 Golden Girl. We're about to find out all things about Lara J. Greg Sugars, the uh, the stable driver, joins us now, and he's online. Greg, good morning. Good morning, Chris. Uh, now, tell me, what was more surprising there on Saturday night, the fact that Triple Eight went under or the fact that, like a wildfire, was able to sit outside you and, and beat you in the manner that he did? Yeah, probably probably more the latter. Um, look, he's a very nice horse uh, and has been right throughout his career like a, like a wildfire. So I suppose it's, it's no surprise to see him um, run a great race as he did. But, uh, yeah, but it was just some, um, you know, incredible training effort, really, I think, by the Emma Stewart team to have him um, that rock hard and ready to go first up um, under the conditions. Yeah, yeah, I don't think anyone would have thought... Uh, um, he could have done what he did um, on Saturday night, but um, all credit to him. He was just too good for us. Mathematically, it was almost impossible for him to do what he did because you've done everything in your power to get Triple Eight home. 47-4, that's not a fast lead time. 31-2, 30.2. So you've run home in 54-1, yet he's been able to uh, you know, get the job done. It's quite remarkable in many ways. Absolutely. No, it sure was. Um, just... Uh, yeah, I, I, no excuses from our end. Um, we were happy enough with our horse. And, you know, take the winner out of the equation. I think Triple Eight still looks quite impressive with the times that he would have ran himself um, over the last half and, um, you know, visually would have looked pretty good. Um, so that's just uh, even more impressive from the winner of, of, of how well um, he handled it. Um, we were really rocketing off the back straight, approaching the 400-metre mark. And um, I knew running into that turn, I, I couldn't couldn't shake him an inch. So, um uh, yeah, I knew I was in a bit of trouble, a fair way out. 26-3 down the back. That would be one of the quickest backstraight quarters at Melton for some time, surely? I would think so, yeah. You don't often see um, many 26 quarters run at Melton um, in general, so especially to do it off the, off the back. Um, on a night that was it was pretty ordinary, it was cold and, wet and a bit damp and, and windy too, so it wasn't uh, conducive to sort of fast times either. So that just made it even more impressive. The other thing, too, you've driven like a wildfire previously and you've had success with this horse. Did you think he was capable of doing something like that on the weekend? 
Uh, yeah, like I said, I didn't think he could sit outside us and beat us um, under those circumstances, but he's a very, very smart horse. And, um, yeah, I do rate him, you know, in that league um, with Triple Eight. Um, we saw that through um, his uh, a few months ago in the Sydney campaign um, where he um, ran some very good races up there when he was campaigning around the Miracle Mile time. So um, he's a high-quality horse and has always had really, really good high speed. And, I think um, yeah, as he's uh, got older, he's probably toughened up a bit more uh, under the uh, Emma Stewart routine too as well. So and he's still got that blistering speed as we saw Saturday night. Okay, let's focus on Triple Eight. Three runs back now. Was that his final run before Brisbane or do you squeeze in another one before heading up? Uh, we've got a chance as a race he can run in... Um, uh, next week, and we'll just uh, yeah monitor him how he is over over this week and the early part of next week. Whether we uh, take up that option, um, but um, as it stands right now, I would say that'll probably do him for now, and we'll just uh, freshen him up and get him right for um, for the Queensland trip. But um, yeah, there's some slight chance he may have one run um, in in a, in a week and a half's time. Okay. Originally, was the Redcliffe Cup sort of slated for for Triple Eight? Um, yeah. Look, it was an option for sure. Um, logistically, getting there and having a, uh, a run in a stand, um, you know, in time to be qualified for that race, it just all got a bit too hard for us. Um, with his uh, with his campaign here, obviously, we wanted to give him a run or two here before we looked like moving anywhere, just to make sure we were. Uh, you know, on top of our game. So by the time we'd had a run or two down here, it was just uh, logistically a bit hard to uh, make him um, eligible for that race. Um, uh, not having a stand, uh, um, you know, in the previous eight months, I think was the criteria for the Redcliffe Cup. So, um, yeah, unfortunately we missed out on that. Okay. Now with Albion Park then being the focus, is it just a two-star campaign? Is it just the Sunshine Sprint and the Blacks are fake? Um, there's a free-for-all, I think, on the Rising Sun night. So um, he'll head up the same okay. time as Better Eclipse. So most likely we'll go around there, um, give him his first look at Albion Park, and hopefully that'll uh, top him right off for those next two races. All right. How do you see the open class rank? Spirit of St. Louis, he's set to step out this Saturday night. Jason Grimson's set to arrive this week. There's no standout, though, with the, uh, the, the retirement of King of Swing at that open class level now, is there? No, I think you're spot on there. It sort of uh, made it for some really interesting racing, I think, coming up over the next few months, really, at, at that level. Um, that there, And it's probably good for the sport in a way that there isn't a, a standout horse that um, everyone will be running scared of. So, um, obviously, as always, in these sorts of races, um, luck in, draw, in the draw and um, luck in running always play a big, big part. But when there's uh, no sort of standout uh, set to dominate the field, I think it makes for some very, very interesting racing. And, you know, all these races coming up, you could quite easily have a different winner every week, just depending on racing circumstances. One thing about Triple Eight that stands out, he's versatile. So he'll adapt to the Queensland style of racing. Yeah, that's right. And, look, to, to be beaten on on Saturday night the way he was, it, it's, it's not the end of the world um, for us. Um, we know... His biggest asset is probably his finishing speed and, and driving him off the speed uh, against the best company um, is where he's performed his, his very best. So, um, you know, we're, we're not heading into any of these feature races coming up thinking we'll be able to drive him in a way to dominate a field. So um, for us, you know, he, he's, he's still on top of his game. 
Um, and yeah, as you say, he he, he can adapt uh, to different styles of racing uh, quite comfortably, I think. So um, yeah, given the right trip, he, he's capable of um, competing against anything that's uh, going around at this point in time, I reckon. Well, we look forward to seeing him up here. Better Eclipse, the rising sun, that's the main target for him. Chariots of Fire, when it placed in the Miracle Mile. Now, he had three trials, and then you've just sort of put him on ice. Uh, what's the latest with Better Eclipse? Yeah, he's ready to go. He had another trial again on Saturday um, at Bacchus Marsh and was very, very impressive there. And that was probably his uh, his most serious hit out, um, this preparation. Um, so his three trials he had earlier on uh, were just sort of following around uh, um, Triple Eight and, um, you know, it was going okay. But, um, yeah, we elected to back off for a couple of weeks and just keep him nice and fresh and have him ready to go um, for this Queensland campaign. He, um, he, he competed, obviously, extremely well off... Uh, uh, you know, short run-up um, for his um, uh, Chariots of Fire campaign, and and went into the into that very very fresh, and that seems to be how how he races his his best. So that's the reason he haven't seen him at the races yet. But having said that, he'll head around Melton on uh, on Saturday night. But um, yeah, we're we're pretty happy with uh, the condition he's in at the moment. Okay, are you locked in to drive him because? Ladies and red, as we know, invited to the rising sun. There's talk Beyond Delight comes up. You normally drive Beyond Delight, so are you locked in for Better Eclipse? Uh, yeah, at this stage, um, yeah, Better Eclipse. He'll be my drive for sure. Okay. How do you think he's going to go up here, you know, taking on the likes of Ladies in Red, Beyond Delight, and then you've got those three-year-olds, Leap the Fane, Rip, that have been invited. How, how do you think he's going to? Uh, how do you think he's going to measure up? Oh, look, I think he'll measure up really, really well. Um, as we saw through his uh, last campaign in Sydney, like he competed with the, the, the best there and, and, you know, come from a bad draw to run third in the Miracle Mile, which was uh, was just, yeah, outstanding from um, from our point of view. So, um, no, he, he's a type of horse that is also adaptable and, um, you know, he, he follows speed so well and it doesn't seem to phase him. He can still hit the line very strong. So, um, yeah, we're looking forward to getting up there with him and, um, you know, Albion Park's always known for some quite keenly contested racing and there's not a, not a lot of slow sectionals uh, run, generally speaking, especially at this sort of level that uh, we'll be competing at. So um, we're very optimistic that, um, that uh, he's going to be a major player in these races with the right amount of luck. Given what he's achieved, though, this year, Chariots of Fire win, placed in a miracle mile, is he underrated, Greg? Um, yeah, I think so, somewhat. Um, yeah, his record on paper now is is very impressive, really. Um, but, yeah, having said that, he, he did sort of probably um, jump out the woodwork a little bit and probably ca- catch a lot of people off guard of how well he did perform um, in those good races um, on the way up. We always had a really big opinion of the horse, and um, he's still only relatively lightly raced um, for a four-year-old. And, uh, yeah, he, he's just grown um in in strength um you know the more racing he's done so um we're still optimistic too that um you know another six months um six months or 12 months time with a a bit more of um this uh, hard racing under his belt that um he's a chance of um you know developing into a really really nice um open class horse and uh hopefully he can compete at this level you know for the next next few seasons I know you're looking forward to Brisbane, but uh, another thing that I'm sure you and Jess are looking forward to with both of these guys, Triple Eight and Better Eclipse, the end of Dominion in your own backyard later this year. Is that perfect for both of these horses? Absolutely. Um, Yeah, really looking forward to it. Um, 
obviously Triple Eight. He's competed in a couple of Intermediate Series now, and um, you know the the hard, uh, quick backup racing um, hasn't seemed to phase him at all. He's performed very, very well um, in in the series he has contested before. So having it in our um, in our backyard is obviously uh, a big advantage that we. Uh, uh, don't have to travel or get them out of their comfort zone this time around. So really looking forward to it. And, and the same um, same goes for Better Eclipse. I think um, he'll really thrive on the series. And, um, yeah, like I said, we're just really looking forward to all these sort of races coming up. As I mentioned earlier, moments like these. She won the Group 1 Queensland Oaks here last campaign or last year, last uh, Constellations. Is she likely to head back as well? Yeah, she is. No, she's booked to go up with these two boys as well. So... Um, there's a few mares races there, and obviously the feature being the Golden Girls. So we're we're um, obviously uh, going to have a crack at all of them, and um, yeah, very happy with what she's done this time around. Um, so yeah, looking forward to getting her back up there, and hopefully she can uh, pinch another feature like she uh, like she did last time around. So just set me straight here. Last time Jess had a starter uh, at Albion Park, it was a Group One winner. Last time you drove here, you've won a grand circuit race, the Blacks of Fate, which was the Queensland Pacing Championship. So you guys would be heading north with a fair deal of uh, confidence, surely? <laughs> yeah, I suppose you can never be too confident going into these sorts of races and that. It's just always great to be a part of it and to think that, uh, you know, we're, we're taking horses up there that, you know, hopefully won't just be making up numbers. They're, um, you know, they're genuine chances of being contenders in these sorts of races uh, if luck's on our side. But, uh, yeah, we've... We've both only had very limited experience uh, racing up in the Sunshine State, but uh, we've had a bit of luck on our side when we have been there. So hopefully this trip is uh, no exception. All right. Well, just tell me this, just before I let you go. How do you get on uh, as the stable driver? Jess, your wife, is the, the stable trainer. So does she bark out the orders or do you just work in tandem and it's pretty even across the board? Oh, it probably depends on what you're talking about, uh, which jobs are uh, you're talking about at any given time and which horses they involve. Uh, we both sort of have our favourites here. But um, nah, generally speaking, we, we sort of bounce off each other pretty well. And, um, you know, we, we get along pretty good as a working relationship. So no no no, no real dramas here. We, uh, we both take it in turns at uh, giving orders. All right, good stuff. I really appreciate the time this morning. Looking forward to seeing you guys up here. It's a uh, a good good combination that you're bringing up as well. Triple uh, A, uh, better eclipse, and moments like these. Safe travels. Thanks very much, and just make sure that weather's a lot warmer than what it is down here. Well, it's perfect at the moment. Blue skies, nice and warm, so it's good. Looking forward to it. There's Greg Sugars joining us, Steve. Absolutely. Look forward to uh, getting Ryan Spice and Greg Sugars on at the same time uh, so we can call it Sugars and Spice. Eva Matteo coming now with its run was I'm off and gone and then Vincenzina third quarter in 28.3 and it's Relentless Me just in front of Pray Tell I'm off and gone to the outside. In the straight Relentless Me led I'm off and gone's after it and then Pray Tell and Von Art. It's Relentless Me down the outside I'm off and gone. Von Art's coming through on the inside. Von Art's got the run through. Oh what a mess she is. She is climbing up in grade and she just keeps winning. Uh, what a head full of confidence she must have. Von Arts. Yeah, I think Dan Malecki summed it up perfectly there, Chris. Yeah, 54.9 she recorded there on Saturday night and she just keeps doing the job. She's now won five of her eight starts this year. She's raced by Summit Bloodstock and Jamie Dernberger-Smith is about to join us online now. Jamie, appreciate the time. Thanks for having me on, guys. 
a, a big weekend for you and all, all of your runners. You've got this huge ownership group that share in the, uh, the ownership of a lot of horses and they're stretched far and wide. Bonart, firstly, has she been a surprise packet for you guys? Yeah, she certainly has. Um, Summer Bloodstock in partnership with Aaron Bain Racing. We bought her. Uh, we raced her in New Zealand. Let her run through a grade a bit there and brought her over. Uh, we thought she needed the bigger tracks. Uh, we spoke with Emma Stewart. She said, send her down. Uh, once she got there, Clayton pretty much fell in love with her and said, I think she's going to be a really nice horse. And he's never wrong. Well, she's now a five-year-old. She's gone 54-9. She took some good scalps there on Saturday night. Is there a possibility the Group 1 Golden Girl could be a target for her now? It is definitely on the cards. Um, obviously, travel is a bit tough to get there from Victoria to Queensland. Um, Emma and Clayton like to fly a lot of their horses. Ladies in Red will be flying up. Um, so we've just got to sit down and work it all out, the logistics of it, and then we'll go from there. Okay. The other horse that I wanted to talk about uh, from the weekend for your ownership group is Deus Ex. He got the job done taking out the open class race on Saturday night here at Albion Park. 53-9, back in front of a mobile, and uh, back behind a mobile, and uh, back at his favourite trip, the mile. He's been a great buy, hasn't he? Yeah, he's been sensational. Uh, Matty Williamson over there in New Zealand, he's been great for us. Uh, he backed it from the start. Uh, he trained him over there, said he'd be a nice horse to get. Um, he cost a bit of money, but he definitely earned it all the way back. So very happy with him. Uh, we got lucky on Saturday night, you'd say. Third um, up Belinda and Luke yesterday uh, about that race. I didn't want to talk about it, but that's a part of the game. Sometimes you get the breaks and, yeah, it just went our way. Well, he was able to run the gate in 27-2. He got home in 26-6. Uh, the Honey Queen, who loomed as a real threat at the top of the straight, made that break. But, hey, luck's on your side, and uh, you've got to make the most of it, and that he did. So he'll measure up. You're laying towards those big races upcoming, like the Sunshine Sprint, the Blacks of Fate. Yeah, that'll be the plan. Uh, obviously, it's definitely a next level up, so it's going to be extremely hard. He's got to take on our other good horses also. So it'll be interesting to see once he gets up to that uh, level of racing, how he can compete. Uh, the horse has obviously been up for a fair while as well, so we've got to keep that in mind. Um, he'd definitely be better once he has a blow and comes back as well. So it's definitely on the cards and pretty exciting times for everyone. All right. The three-year-old Philly cover girl, she went down uh, on Friday night behind a very good three-year-old uh, cold or gelding in danger zone. They were clearly the top two for that race on Friday night. Danger Zone was able to lead. Cover Girl ran second. 57.9 for the 2,138 metres. Last quarter in 26.7. Were you happy with that run? That was her second local start. I was so pumped with that run. Taking on the older horses and the older mixed age group as well. And the herd have beat them comfortably. Danger Zone's one of the standout three-year-old colts. Nine times out of ten, the colts are better than the girls. So the herd are take a little bit of ground off him in such a blistering last quarter. I was so stoked with her. She's going to be a force in the Oaks. Okay. Yeah, well, that, that's the main target, isn't it? The Oaks and uh, everything she's done so far in those two runs is certainly, you know, pointing in the right direction. Yeah, definitely. And she'll go around um, Redcliffe on Friday night um, in a up to 70 race, $6,000 race. So she'll punch around there. Um, she should be extremely hard to beat and that'll just... Set her up nicely for her campaign to the Oaks. All right. 
And the big horse that we've got to talk about, he's now regarded as the number one seed in this country right now. We're talking about Spirit of St. Louis at the two trials back. We spoke with Luke recently. He's set to make his uh, return on Saturday night, going around in the listed Lucky Creed. How excited are you about Louis being back in action? Sleepless nights. That's about that's about all I could say. Um, yeah, so, so excited to have him back. His first couple of trials back have been outstanding. Hitting the line under a stranglehold, uh, breaking 27 every time. So, yeah, he'll go around on Saturday night, drawn two. Perfect draw for him. Looping to sum it up if he wants to lead. If he doesn't want to lead, it, it won't really matter. Um, he should be extremely hard to beat. It's going to be a good contest, though. Majestic Cruiser, drawn directly behind you. Last start feature race New Zealand winner. Yeah, he's a nice horse. Very nice horse. Definitely going to be a hard race, but after the barrier draw advantage, I think we're in it with a big shot. So could you take the sit and get that other horse three fence? <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> you, only, you only win one thing going backwards, and that's a tug of war. Okay. How many are on the books right now? I know I ask you this all the time, but how many are on the books right now? Oh, I think it's about... 223 at the moment. Um, obviously, we do sell horses and buy them, so the numbers fluctuate a fair bit, but I think it's about 223. Okay. And did you have success in North America earlier today? Yeah, we had uh, La Bella Vida, one at Saratoga. Uh, she's been a nice now over there. She's won a fair bit of money already. She hasn't been there long. The prize money system is outstanding over there, so we just take advantage of that when we find horses get to their mark down here send them up to North America, and then away we go. And would I be right in saying the numbers for, for Summit Bloodstock and Aaron Bain Racing are starting to swell in Perth? What's that all about? Uh, so we're good friends with uh, Michael Young. Uh, when I spent four and a half years with Gary Hall Senior over there in the West, um, I was working with Michael Young and just an unbelievable trainer. So we're just trying to fill, it, fill up his team and... We've got about 16 or so with him now. Um, we'll just keep sending them by from New Zealand and Australia. We bought the Mustang and Kimball for him the last couple of weeks. They've uh, just arrived in WA, so the racing over there is just unreal. America loved buying out of there because of the half-mile tracks, so it's just a no-brainer for us as a business. Okay. Well, he does a super job. There's no doubt about it. So uh, he'll be thrilled to get uh, that sort of quality in his stable. Horses like Kimball and the Mustang, like you just mentioned. Yeah, yeah, he's he's very excited. But he's also well aware that if he makes a mistake, that 90% of his stable's gone. But no, that would never happen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jamie, really appreciate the time this morning. Uh, there's always plenty going on within your operation. Uh, good success there across the weekend, Deus Ex Bonart. Hopefully we'll see both of those horses during the carnival. And Spirit of St. Louis, can't wait to see him back on Saturday night. Yeah, can't wait. Thank you very much, guys. And I'll catch you black steak night, Chris. There's Jamie Dernberger-Smith from Summit Bloodstock joining us, Steve. So they've got a lot to look forward mm. to. And the Spirit of St. Louis makes his return on Saturday night, going around in that listed feature, the Lucky Creed. So he's perfectly drawn in gate number two. So always, uh, always plenty mm. to talk about. There's... There's a lot of horses within that uh, operation. Just tell me about more about Aaron Bain, Chris. What you were touching on there? Well, Aaron Bain's got he's dual coated, uh, yeah. being based in Adelaide, so he trains the the paces, and he's also got the the thoroughbreds going now. But he also uh, is heavily involved with Jamie with Summit Bloodstock, so they're buying a lot of horses. 
Uh, they got, you know, either Darren will train a few himself or they'll go to the trainers spread throughout Australia. So uh, it, it's huge and it's getting bigger and bigger, but uh, the success is coming their way. So it's, it's good to see. It's exciting getting a lot of new people involved. And uh, as we've spoken to Jamie previously, uh, they, they spread far and wide their ownership group, not only here in Australia, New Zealand, and they've also got a lot of uh, clientele from uh, the Northern Hemisphere as well. So it's great bringing all these people together focusing on harness racing. Mm, a horse that Jamie's involved in with, Aaron Bain, a galloper, one at Murray Bridge recently called Toyetic, uh, who they got from the Freedmans. Yeah, it was Murray Bridge. It was just a benchmark race on the 28th of May, uh, Annie Yosha Road. But on that same day, he trained a harness winner as well. So Graham Fisher actually sent me a message, Chris, to say that um, it could be the, the first person in the SA to possibly, or in Australia, to train a thoroughbred and a harness winner on the same day. Uh, Graham let me know that recently. Graham Fisher. Yeah, well, mm. yeah, well, it certainly wouldn't surprise me in South Australia. Maybe, maybe the Ducks boys have done it here in Brisbane. Oh, okay. Of course, uh, you know, many, many years ago they were training the thoroughbreds, and uh, they're still actively involved with the harness horses. Maybe they've done it here in Brisbane previously, but uh, would have to run a check on that. But mm. uh, yeah, it's very rare to see people doing both codes at the same time. Yeah, I'm just actually going to pull up Aaron Bain's stats in regards to the thoroughbreds. Yeah, he's only he's got a pretty good strike rate. This season, he's had 36 thoroughbreds to start uh, for seven winners, three seconds and a third. So 11 from 36 yeah, all been right, placed. Right. That is pretty good. A couple of winners recently. I mentioned mm. Toyetic and there's another one there as well, Dissolvable, uh, one not that long ago. Racetrack Ralphie's with us, Chris. Ralphie, good morning. Yeah, morning, Chris. We're gearing up now. We've got a, a feature night of racing coming through on Friday night at Redcliffe. We've got the listed Lucky Creed on Saturday night, featuring the return to racing of Spirit of St. Louis, Majestic Cruiser, last start Group 1 winner in New Zealand who won the Messenger. He lines up in that same race. So it's great to see some of these big-name horses in town. So the carnival is fast approaching. We need to fill our pockets. What have you got for today on this nine-race program? Yeah, I think we've got one here, Chris, in race five, number eight, Woodley Diego. Now, he's a former Kiwi pacer. He's now with the Mark Reese stable. Uh, last week was his uh, local debut, and he really caught the eye when he hit the line strongly. He was runner-up on that occasion behind the informed pacer in Me Furioso Toro, and they carved out that in 154.3. His trial form prior to that was pretty good, so there's plenty of upside uh, to this horse. And today he draws behind the likely leader in a rainbow dancer. So I expect the sprint lane to be a, a good landing spot for uh, Narissa McMullen, who takes the drive. Now, it's the opening leg, leg of the quaddy, Chris. So uh, I think you should stand him out because I think there's plenty of value in the other legs so he can play wide. Okay. You tip us into a winner last week, Odin's Black uh, Crows. He got the job done. Confidence levels today with Woodley Diego, similar to last week or even higher? Yeah, I think, well, I'm not trying to give myself a pat on the back here, but I think we've had five out of five for the last five weeks, But and I can't see why we should back off now. Right, well, it's it's the right time to be going hard with the carnival fast approaching. So race five, number eight, Woodley Diego. And as I said, feature racing this weekend, Friday night, and then again Saturday, it's exciting times. Oh, it's the smallest border racing on Friday and Saturday, and... Uh, yeah, both Redcliffe and Albion Park, that's that's going to be the place to be. Yeah, absolutely. Ralphie, we'll see you trackside. Appreciate it this morning, and we'll touch base again next week. Okay, thanks, Chris. 
There's racetrack Ralphie joining us through. So race five, number eight, Woodley Diego going with his former Kiwi. Second up, eye-catching run first up last week. So that's our play today. Race five, number eight. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Steve.